Welcome to Our Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joel Loudon, and with me always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing, Sam? I'm pretty good, thank you. Cool. I've got a litre of iced coffee and I'm ready to talk about some magic. Awesome. <laughs> How are you doing? A litre of uniced coffee and yeah. I'm done with some magic. Sweet. Have you played much magic this week? Um, more so than a usual week, I guess. Uh, I've been doing a lot of limited this week, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been jumping on the Uncommon Cube on Magic Online. Oh, sweet. I've really been enjoying it, like, surprisingly. Yeah, because you said you were, like, hesitant about how good it was going to be. Yeah, uh, I guess hesitant's probably the word, um, going into it. Like, so when I like to play Cube, like, I like to play, you know, high-powered stuff. Like, I like to play Broken Rares and Mythics. I like to do, <laughs> you know, all of the nonsense that you can do in Cube. Yeah. A lot of that nonsense that I do enjoy obviously happens at, at the rare and mythic rarity. Yeah. Whereas there aren't any rares or mythics in this cube at all, uh, so it's all sort of uncommons. Yeah. And then reading the the list of cards that they included, they'd excluded some more powerful uncommons as well. So that you've got like there's no force of will in there, and there's no uh, path to exile in there either. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So even that made me feel like, oh well, maybe I don't know, maybe it's just going to be like a really sort of really weak, like kind of boring cube. Mm-hmm. But I found that although the power level has turned down like considerably, like as opposed to like you know Legacy Cube or Vintage Cube, mm-hmm. it's still a really fun draft format, like a really fun limited format. Sweet, okay. Like the there doesn't really seem to be like a proper like aggro deck or like a proper control deck. Like everything's really sort of mid rangey and grindy. But it's just lots of like really surprisingly like cool things. Like you tend to sort of build a lot of synergies in that in the, the decks in the format uh, so i think one of the, my favorite decks i did was uh, it was like a white black enchantment deck mm-hmm. so it was just like some good value white cards like uh lingering souls and like spectral possession sweet and then like enchantments to like suit them up so i had like on sarah's wings i had like gift of us over uh, and then i found what was really cool was uh, i had feldar guardian in the deck i also had a copy of the eldest reborn so getting to do that like blinking eldest <laughs> reborn of feldar guardian was great that's sweet so yeah, I had a couple of like bits of equipment as well. Like, yeah, like it, it's it was fine. Like it it really doesn't feel high powered at all. But I've still had a lot of fun drafting it. Is it just like some cool battle cruiser magic, basically? Yeah, kind of. Like, I, I wouldn't even call it battle cruiser magic because that kind of you know makes it feel like you're doing like big epic things. But you know, <laughs> like like a yacht magic or something maybe <laughs> yeah that's way less impressive yeah speedboat magic <laughs> so it's yeah it's a lot of fun i totally would recommend it to anybody who's if you're interested in limited at all to be honest like i think cube is probably my favorite format overall because um, like i love limited i find that it's just limited refined really and although i was pretty hesitant pretty sort of down on on the that particular cube going into it like once i've actually played it i've been really pleasantly surprised by it yeah i might see if i can load up a couple of a couple of drafts of it yeah you seem to have been to me and then other than that i did a dominaria draft today mm-hmm. how did that go it went absolutely horrendously excellent uh i had an absolute blast drafting the set like it's it's such a fun set. Yeah, uh, every time I draft it, I enjoy it more and more. Yeah, it, it, it was great. It was a really fun draft experience, really fun limited experience. But yeah, I went like 0-3. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so oh, bad. I ended up drafting like, oh, like what I thought was going to be like a really sweet, like just like blue-white 
deck, I was trying to do some sort of blue-white tempo or like Flyers deck, and then mm -hmm. going into pack two, like halfway through pack two, I got past like as a huge Gin of the Lamp, and then like the pack after that was an Adelie's the Cinderwind, the pack after that was an Adelie's the Cinderwind again, and I was like, well, this deck's clearly open, like I'm going to try and jump into this, but yeah, uh, was was clearly like it was clearly too late to be on that deck at some point at that point in the draft or. Yeah, it's Yeah, so I ended up with two halves of like some decent decks that just didn't really function and function well enough together. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, I still had a lot of fun though, so that was cool. Well, yeah, the fact the fact that you like you know did badly but still enjoyed it is yeah. uh, a re-endorsement of the format, I think. Yeah, totally. And like, like I always try to sort of take something away from every time, every every game of Magic I play. Like every game should be a learning experience as well as a fun experience as well. And yeah, absolutely. It definitely taught me some things about the format. Like, don't try to change decks halfway through pack two. <laughs> <laughs> That's just some good limited knowledge to hang on to, I think. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in some <coughs> formats it's been like, like it's been okay to sort of get away with that. Like maybe changing a color, like adding a color. Sort of that format, yeah, but that, yeah. I feel like the the fixing just just isn't there in Dominaria. I feel like that's possibly the only thing that, that lets the set down slightly. Yeah, there's no sort of like good common fixing. Like the fact that they left evolving wilds out of the set is bizarre to me. But... Yeah, there should have been evolving wires. There should have been like navigators compass should have just been traveler's amulet. Or like a like yeah like a good <laughs> a good card. Yeah, like a card. Anything yeah, exactly. Like just rather than a waste of a slot in your deck. Yeah. So yeah, I've mm. been playing a lot of limited, and it's it's been pretty fun. How about Sweet. yourself? Have you been playing much Magic this week? Uh, yeah, I've done a lot of drafts. Awesome. I've been sort of sitting on uh, Magic Online just queuing up a load of drafts, and it's been sweet. Sweet. I've actually started to understand the format. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to try and understand the format, and sometimes in your um, blue-green deck, in pack three, you open a Muldrotha and then get past the Tatiova. Yeah, that seems pretty good. <laughs> and then, yeah, then you just destroy people. Yeah. So I was drafting like a base. I was like, it was a base blue-black deck, really. Yeah. Like tempo, sort of like like uh, cast down, blink of an eye, um, journey mages, just like some some good cards. Yeah. And then like I, I picked up a seal away, uh, like picked up some like medium green cards, like some medium white cards. Yeah. And I just like opened Muldrotha and got past Tatiova. I was like, well, this seems quite good. Yeah. What means the colors? Um, and I think that is that is something I found about the like splashing is difficult. Yeah. But picking up green green late is quite easy. Yeah. I found because like I was thinking I was going to be an Esper deck. Okay. And then just like suddenly these green cards became really really good. Yeah. Um, and then I drafted. Well, I. And then another draft I did. I opened pack one, pick one, tatty over, and then pack one, pick two. Got past the tatty over. Sweet. Like, well, <laughs> guess I'm playing blue green again then. Yeah. What's with everyone passing all these good cards? Yeah. Like, it's only just like I'm. I'm assuming that the person next to me like opened something better. Yeah, because I mean the rare was gone from the pack, but that card's really good. That's it. Like, yeah, you, like you, you've got to assume that there, there was better cards there. But it's even like my draft today. Like, I got that pack two, pick three was like as a heat gin of the lamp. Like that got passed, and then pick yeah, like, four and five were Adelie's the Cinderwind. Like, surely someone's got to pick those up at some point. Yeah, you assume so. I mean, yeah, I mean you haven't lived until you've had a tattoo over in play and kicked a grow from the ashes. Nice. Just absurd value. But yeah, that's been it. And then um, had a Legacy FNM yeah. with, uh, with nine players in Legacy FNM. Okay. Um, I went what I went O two. Then had a buy. Then got really tilted. Yeah. To the pub. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hyped this entire time because obviously I like I've, I just love jamming Legacy and I want to play as much as yeah. possible. <clears throat> but then that's like, fireplace uh, storm because I can just play it by myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can just sit, like, you can just go home and play anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and like I got I lost a really Close match against like Monorade Prison. Okay, yeah. Monorade Painter Prison, I guess. Yeah. And then got completely smashed by uh, Aldrazi. Oh, no. That was just, just unwinnable. Yeah. Um, and then I got the buy, and then I opened a pack. I didn't put any value. 
Oh, no. And then I went and went to the pub and bought a cider instead. Because <laughs> <laughs> I felt like a better use of my time. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Well, um, maybe in the pack that we opened today for our pack of, uh, cracker pack, there might be might be some value in there. Yeah, and then you can like send that value to me, right? Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> cool, do you want to move on to our cracker pack? Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. So we've got my Dominaria pity pack that I won today for uh, for coming last. You won for <laughs> coming last. <laughs> Does that count as winning? Uh, not really. Everyone gets one. <laughs> you were given it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's crack this open. Get right mm-hmm. into it. Alright, so first up, we've got Soul Salvage. Two and a black for mm-hmm. sorcery. Return up to two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, this card is fine. Yep. I hope we're not picking it. <laughs> I agree 100% on that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, sure, like, I would probably play in a black deck as like my like 20x card like sure yeah, yeah. but definitely don't want to first pick it mm-hmm. after that we've got befuddle and that's two and a blue instant yeah. target creature gets minus four minus zero until end of turn and draw a card uh i've still yet to cast this spell on the uh on evera and make my opponent lose the game yeah i've played this a couple of times to like fill out my deck it's sort of okay in a tempo deck but again i hope i'm not picking it yeah again probably like same position as like soul salvage like if i'm really pushed but i'm, I'm not a big fan of befuddle personally no i've not i've not wanted to play it. it's just ended up in my deck sometimes no. after that we've got charge it's one white for an instant creatures you control get plus one plus one to end of turn um no yeah it's like again probably playable as like a 22nd 23rd card but i would have never ever ever gonna first pick this card nope nope after that we got bloodstone goblin it's one and a red for a goblin warrior it's a 2-2 and whenever you cast a spell if that spell was kicked bloodstone goblin gains plus one plus one and menace to turn <sighs> i still don't know how to feel about this card but i'm probably picking it so far yeah i agree it's it's my pick so far definitely but there just isn't the proper support for like a proper goblins deck. Like I just, I don't think it's good enough. Well, there are like five goblins in this set. Yeah, <laughs> which is really strange. Yeah. For that we got Lanawar Envoy. That's two and a green for a three-two Elf Scout. Uh, you pay one and a green to add one mana of any color. Uh, this is better. This pack's still really, really poor. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably pick it over the Bloodstone Goblin. I think, but again, I yeah, wouldn't, like be, wouldn't be too happy spot. first picking that. No. So after that we got the Cabal Evangel. Uh, one and a black for a two-two Human Cleric. Uh, Ugh, it just gets worse. Yeah. What's been our, like, our bad luck with these packs? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's, it's everything I open has just been, like, just rubbish cards, and then suddenly it'll, <laughs> it'll totally change at the end of the pack, so... Oh, sure, we'll just get, like, a bomb mythic. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. But, uh, again, like, I think I'm still on the Lanoir Envoy here, unfortunately. Yeah, it's the best so far. After that, we've got Divination. Two and a blue. Sorcery. Draw two cards. Um, I could be on this. Yeah, like, I would... I think I would personally rather play the divination than the Lanawar Envoy but yeah, I think, I think so. the more I've sensible the choice decks. I think the more sensible choice is the Lanawar Envoy at this point still yeah yeah, sure hopefully yeah. we'll get something back on this yeah well we got you uh, next up Skittering Scurveyor it's three okay. generic mana for a 1-2 artifact creature and enters the battlefield when we search your library for a basic land card reveal it put it into your hand then shuffle your library one of the only fixing cards in the format but I'm just slamming it this yeah card's same great. absolutely slamming it at this part, part in the pack like I, it's a it's a fine card. Like I'd be happy to play it in pretty much any deck. Absolutely. Like I think it's better than most of the uncommons. Like uh, pack on yeah, I agree. After that, we have got Baloth Gorger. That's four mana, so it's two and two green for a creature, a beast. It's a four four with kicker four. If Baloth Gorger was kicked, it enters a battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it. Um. Mm, okay, so I've been really high on Surveyor, but I think I'm taking this over it. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree as well. Like the Surveyor is like it's it's pretty good. For, like yeah. 
Mana Fixin. Mm-hmm. It's a decent card, but like put the two of them in the arena together. Like the Ball of Gold is going to win any day. Yeah, like it's just it's good at both points on the curve. Yeah. Um, like any green deck wants this card. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got the Jousting Lance. It's two uh, generic mana for an equipment artifact. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two plus zero as long as it's your turn. Equipped creature has first strike. That costs three to equip it. I like this card quite a bit. I'm not sure it's better than the Balaf. Yeah, I I'm a, I think I'm a, a little bit higher on it than I have been previously, but mm-hmm. again, I would still pick the Balaf over at this point. Yeah, I've I've been impressed with the equipment in the set, but like, yeah, I think I think the Balaf's slightly better than this. Yeah, this pack is terrible. <laughs> uh, so we get our first uncommon now. Uh, that is yep. Board the Weatherlight. Oh, for God's sake! One and a white for a sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a historic card from among them and put it in your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. This is a, a constructed card. Yeah, I would just not play that card ever. Uh, I think I might have played it for some reason. Uh-oh. I was like really down on playables and had a few artifacts. Yeah. No, this, this card is bad. Yeah, I agree. Storm the Ball of Gorger there. Uh, after that, we come to a second uncommon. That is a Goblin Barrage. That's three okay. in a red for a sorcery, which has a kicker. <coughs> sacrifice an artifact or goblin. Goblin Barrage deals four damage to target creature. If spell was kicked, it also deals four damage to target player or planeswalker. Uh, okay, this is just like a decent removal spell. Like four mana deal four. It's yeah. fine. Four mana deal four. Like, uh, I feel like I might still even just pick the Ball of Gorger at this point, though. Yeah, it's pretty better. Like, this is, like, this is fine. Like, 4-mana kill most things in the format, or, like, 4-mana 4-4, or later in the game in 8-mana 7-7. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, don't I, know. I think I'm like, probably still on the Gorger. Yeah, the, the Barrage probably isn't a high pick either, so you'll probably, like, you'll, you'll end up with a better removal spell than this, I think. Yeah, probably. <sighs> so, final uncommon. Oh, and I think, I think this might change things. Mm-hmm. We've got... Uh, uh, Yargle, Glutton of Urborg. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to read Yargle out because everyone knows what Yargle does. Uh, yeah, he, it was a maggot that got in by a frog and then this thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not taking this card. No? No. No. Uh, That's so- I mean, like, sure, the Ball of Gorge is probably better, but... Oh, okay, okay. I've got to, like, it's your boy. <laughs> your boy, Yargle. <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. Like, I mean, I was off the meme train about ten minutes after it started. Yeah, I think... Wait, oh, this is funny. Oh, okay, I'll move on. Uh, I think I was, like, fairly off, like, off the meme, meme train fairly quickly, but, mm-hmm. like, at this point in this pack, like... Give me the memes, like okay. Sure. If this if pack one's been this bad so far, like give me the memes. Yeah, like, we'll dress dress uh, for fun. I'm not taking this. Right, the rare uh, gonna be good, right? Right. What's our rare? Oh, our rare is Thran Temporal Gateway. Oh, oh dear. It's, uh, four generic for legendary artifact. Pay four and tap it. You may put a historic permanent card from your hand on the battlefield. Wow, this pack is oh, I mm, well, ban with Gorgia. Yargle, yargle. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it, it's Battle of Gorgia closely followed by Skittering Surveyor, and then the rest of the pack is bleh. At least you're not passing anything good to the other people in the draft. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, like, I think I think I probably am on the Argle and then hope, like, I, I can pick two and eviscerate or something. Sure, like, I'm probably just taking the Surveyor and keeping myself open, because that cost is great. Yeah, I think that's totally respectable. Mm. Probably more respectable than, ah. than a giant frog. <laughs> giant frog. <laughs> Well, your pity pack was pitiful. So. It was, yeah. At least it was on flavour. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> you didn't even have to work for it, it's fine. No. <laughs> it's not like I tried or anything. Oh, man. Okay, well, that was. Uh, that's fine. Like, that's variance, isn't it? Like, it's fine. Yeah, I suppose we've got to, uh, we've got to expect it at this point. Yeah, totally. Sweet. So now that's out of the way. Now that's out of the way, should we move on to our card of the week? Yeah. Yeah, so what's your card of the week then, Sam? Um, my card is Murari Conjecture. Oh, cool. It is a five mana saga. Yeah. Or in a blue. Yeah. 
Uh, chapter 1, return target instant card from your graveyard to your hand. Yes. Chapter 2, return target sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah. And chapter 3, until end of turn, whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, copy it, you may choose new targets for the copy. So I think this card is actually very good and limited. Like, I understand it's a rare. Yeah. So, you you know, you're not... I'm not going to go too deep on <laughs> good rares in the format. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of people um, sort of pass on this and not think it's particularly good. Yeah, I mean, right from the off there, like, it looks like it's... A potentially powerful card, but it seems like a like mm-hmm. definite big build round there. That's the thing. It seems like a build round, but um, I think in this format, like if you're playing, you're probably playing some removal spells. Yeah. And like you've got internet and stuff like blink of an eye. Yeah. And stuff like, like combat tricks. Like it, it's just sort of like a archaeomancer. Yeah. Right. Because like because because uh, I think Gitu Chronicler, like the, the the red thing that you can kick to get back a, a spell. Yeah. I think that's a pretty high high pick in the format, and this is just that with upside, really. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You get the chance to get two back, and then like if you can get to the late game and cast during like the ultimate, I suppose, like the third chapter. Yeah. It's just incredibly powerful. Yeah. And like I've been hiding it. Like admittedly, the like the first time I actually properly played it in a deck, I was like, I'll just give this a go, and it was in the Muldrotha deck I drafted. Yeah. And like. On turn twelve, uh, my Morari conjecture went off, and then I, I cast it again with Muldrotha. Yeah, I th- turned a cast down from my graveyard and got to double cast down my opponent's creatures. And um, yeah, so but like that's, every, that's every really sweet. Cast- but like, is is the Morari conjecture doing the work there, or is it Muldrotha? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's definitely Muldrotha. Yeah, but um, I just think like every other time I had it, just like just generally just cast it on five and like return to blink blink of an eye or like um, and then got to like return and eviscerate on the next turn. Yeah, it was just pulling its weight and then like. You don't even really need the third chapter to be that good. I mean, like casting a divination when you have it is just nuts. <laughs> like yeah, paying for to draw four cards is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but like just the first chapter, they, they like really pull their weight, and I've been I've been very impressed by that card. Um, and I think I'd be tempted to probably pack one pick on it, like unless I got oh, like really? a nuts. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a really really cool card, and it's not as build around as you need as you think it might be. Yeah. Because you just pick up the internet on instance of sorceries, um, and I've just been. Because like you, you want the removal spells, right? Like you're not drafting just an entirely. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things you're just like randomly picking up, and the last the last uh, chapter doesn't actually need to be that relevant. Yeah. Uh, I've just been really impressed with it, and I think I'm probably a lot higher on it than I was going to thought. Cool. Yeah. I think I might have to build around. I think I might have to play around with it a bit and. Yeah. See if you can like start, draft a decent deck with it, because I mean, there's just there's just some cool stuff you can do with it, and I've been really impressed with it. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I definitely have to. Keep more of an open mind, I think, as as far as it, it goes with that card. Absolutely. Um, I just, yeah, I just thought it was a card that some people were quite low on, and yeah. I wanted to give it my support. Cool, <laughs> awesome, good. What's your card of the week? Uh, my card of the week uh, it is just one card this week. Oh, wow, you've actually done it. I have, yeah. Hey, played along to the rules. <laughs> uh, except, uh, I guess, it, I guess look at it in a bit of a, a flavour way, then, you know, it might just be one card, but it, it does two things. Oh, or if bad. I was to do one thing, it would then do that thing <clears throat> again. Oh, mate, oh, these, these jokes. <laughs> yeah, sure. My card's Dublin season. Yeah, okay, good pun, good joke. Yeah, nice so we'll for those who don't know, it's, uh, it's four and a green from enchantment. If an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many of those tokens instead. If an effect would put one or more counters on a permanent you control, it puts twice that many of those counters on that permanent instead. So I think I know where this is your card of the week. Yes. Uh, do we have to wish you another p- apology because we uh, said that Battle Bond was really, really bad and it turns out it's actually great? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, for those that don't know, Doubling Season, uh, so it's my card of the week because it's being reprinted in Battle Bond, mm-hmm. along with many other really good cards that are being reprinted in Battle Bond. Yeah, this set's like full of... You said Battle Bond, did you mean Commander Masters? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It is it's just... They should have called it Commander Masters, really. Like, it's nuts. You've got... So, 
like last week I hinted at and me you over know, we joked that oh maybe they'll reprint true name nemesis in the set and they are like yeah we found out literally after we stopped recording last yeah, week <laughs> like, uh like yeah land taxes in the set like mystic confluence uh you've got like uh so of temptation chain lightning like diabolic intent just like like seaborn muse Mm-hmm. That card needed a reprint. Yeah, like swords. Like random stuff is. like like Angelic Chorus. Yeah, like Opportunity, like Spell Snare. Great or good. Like just great cards that have been like sort of incidentally been creeping up in price. Yeah, like, totally. But Diabolic Intent as well. And like the reason these cards are expensive is, is because of Commander. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this, okay, apart from like exactly true no nemesis, right? Yeah. But like these are sort of casual cards that are worth, that are worth a lot of money. Yeah, it's like Microsynth artists. Like. Yeah, like that card's just unnecessarily expensive. Yeah. Because it, it's been printed once, but now like we, it gets a reprint and it's sweet. And like, you know, Beast Within was like a couple of dollars. It's always nice to have, like you said, like sort of power shares. Like yeah. it's just so it like looking at the spoiler, it looks really sweet. Yeah, totally. Uh, but then I look at the new cards and um, <laughs> less. Yeah, less I mean, th- there are some pretty. Like, I think there's a couple of pretty good cards in there. Like Arena Rector is obviously going to be the nice, interesting one for Legacy. Absolutely, that card looks sweet. But <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I'm still low on this set. Yeah, same. Like, I will probably... Like, I know it's the worst thing you could do, but I'll probably buy a box just to crack it, because, you know... Yeah, there's some sweet cards. It's fun. There are, there are some, some cool cards in the set, definitely. Yeah, there are lots of cards I want for my Commander decks, like Bramble Sovereign. Yeah. It's just a silly card. It's 4 mana 4 for whenever a non, uh, another non-token creature enters the battlefield, you may pay 1 to green. If you do, that creature's controller and does, creates a token that's copy of that creature. Like, yeah. just n- nonsense cards that I want to own. Yeah. Um, I think the design space that they've, like... That they've explored with this set has been really cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like the assist mechanic is pretty sweet. Yeah, like we're getting another player can pay for the spell. So obviously this is like a two-headed giant set, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, the partner with thing is fairly cool. Yeah. Um, I, I I like the design. I like and I like some of the cards I've included, like True Nemesis for like a two-headed giant format specifically. Yeah. Uh, but also I don't want to draft it at all. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same. Like I, I feel like I I I almost. <coughs> quite like to just draft it like normally just like like 1v1 games of it I think yeah, like that a, would make like for, yeah like I think, feel like that would make for quite an interesting experience but Name. I don't enjoy to edit giants. I nope. don't enjoy any of the you know, multiplayer shenanigans. So sure. I, I, th- I think this this set just as far as like how you're meant to play the limited format. I just really don't think it's for me at all. Yeah. But I I definitely think uh, an apology is is needed for uh, <laughs> being so uh-huh. harsh on on the set in total. Like I think you know, when I have said I've been completely disinterested in this set and you know, the set's going to be terrible. Hmm. As far as like the reprints go, I think it's completely the opposite of that. Like there are some really, really needed just reprint cards in the set, and like I said, there are one or two interesting cards, new cards for Legacy specifically that I'm probably mm-hmm. gonna try and pick up some. Yeah, like it, it's it's very cool. Like I definitely think it's a cool set. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not excited about it, and I think that's a slightly slightly different thing. Yeah, I think it's that. Like I like the idea of it is cool. Like mm-hmm. and you're right. Like a lot of like the the car design and space exploration has been really cool. But yeah, I I'm just I don't think I'm going to be a fan of that limited environment at all. Yeah, I'll probably do like a draft or two. Yeah, if that. But it's, yeah, like I said, it's like it's, I, I don't think it's for us. And I'm I'm just not a fan of like the flavor of it as well. Like it just seems very odd. Yeah, definitely. That's the 
that's the strange thing. Yeah, you've got like all of these, all of these creatures and artifacts and and whatnot in like in an arena, all fighting each other. But then you've got like some of the art, which is really plane specific as well. From the reprints, are also in there. Yep. So you've got like all of these weird, like sporting, like almost like sport type cards. Yeah. Like people like doing like gladiatorial combat, and then you've got like people like passing batons and like running and stuff and like teams and everything and growing things and you mm-hmm. know, all of that sort of thing but then you've just got like the dragons from Tarka as well <laughs> yeah and like like apocalypse just, hydra <laughs> and like nixithid and just like just like sort of iconic art from a set like seraph temptation and stuff like that and it's yeah. just it is a little bit jarring like i definitely i definitely get what you're saying like trumpet blast yeah with like a, a literal like quote from zergo on the bottom of it yeah, uh, it's just it is, it is it is strange. I think I think my feelings are I don't like the idea. Yeah, <laughs> I but I really like the execution. Yeah. Um. So like like cards like gang up. Yeah. It's X on the back for an instant with assist. So another player can pay for the X bit. Yeah. Uh, destroy target creature with power X one X. Like it's really 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 cool design space I've explored. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like we said before, with the lands that like enter tapped unless you have two or more. Yeah. Uh, opponents like that's they're really really cool, but. <laughs> I just don't want to play it particularly. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe I'll be really, really long and like it'll be the best set ever and I'll really want to draft it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I, well, I do think... I I think it, I, my opinion has definitely changed a lot on the set now we've, we've actually seen what's in it, which... Yeah, it's like sweet amount of value in yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like it's a lesson I probably should have learned by now anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so what we was doing this podcast, what this podcast is about, we just, we go really, like, we go hard in on something saying it's rubbish and then literally immediately after we're like, oh, well, we were wrong. Revaluate the thing and go, oh, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry, oh. everyone. We were completely... <laughs> so speaking of things that I, I think are, it's really, really rubbish, should we oh, our main geez. topic this week? Matt, that's, alright, I appreciate the segue, but that's gonna, that's gonna hurt. Yeah. So yeah, speaking of uh, the Commander Masters joke, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this week we're gonna be talking about Commander. We are, oh, yeah. So, see, we were specifically requested if we could could do an episode on Commander, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. So, yeah, thanks for getting in touch to ask us about that. Yeah. Uh, I think Commander is definitely more your domain than mine. Oh, definitely. So, I think a lot of this is just going to be your, you're going to be leading it. I'm going to be reacting to things you say. And, you know, I, I'm going to kind of keep an open mind going to this, but I, I am not a fan of, like, multiplayer magic at all. Like, I'll totally sort of preface this this with that. Like, Oh, you've mentioned it hundreds of times in this podcast yeah, already. It's it's just not my not my kind of fun. Like, I like things to sure. be a lot more streamlined, a lot more linear. Like, I do something, you can react. You do something, I react. 1v1. Yeah. That's, that's the magic I like to play, but... I do something and three players react. That's great. Uh, I I don't think so personally, but mm-hmm. whatever. Sure, Yeah, let's get into it. So we're going to talk about Commander. Yeah. Which is your favourite format? Ah, oh, it is far from it, unfortunately. <laughs> is it the least favourite format? Um, I think it might be. Like, okay. Yeah, I think I just prefer like 1v1 formats like anything multiplayer I'm not particularly a fan of at all like I, I find that generally games tend to tend to flow less sort of structured than, than they do in like a 1v1 game and that's not really my thing I feel that like I hmm. I think my thing with with Commander is like I have to be playing with like specific people yeah and have to be in the mood and then I really enjoy it but like I suppose it's not what I play all the time yeah sure um, but I enjoy playing it most of the time. That doesn't mean anything, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't play all the time, but I enjoy playing it some of the time. So, um, should we start right from the top, then? What is yeah. Commander, for those who don't know? So, Commander is a Highlander singleton format. Yep. Where your deck has 99 cards plus your Commander, um, and your Commander dictates the colour identity of your deck. So, if you have 
a green-white legendary creature as your commander, uh, your deck has to be green and white. It can only, take, it can only contain green and white cards. Um, and it can only contain one of each card, uh, except basic lands. Yeah. Um, and you normally play in the most player format. You start in 40 life. It, most things about the way magic works are generally the same as other formats. Um, if you're dealt 21 damage by someone's commander, you lose the game. Uh, and I think that's sort of it. Like, you don't have sideboards. You just have your sort of 100-card deck. Yeah. Um, and then you, like, it's meant to be a casual format. Yeah. yeah. Um, though there is a sort of competitive scene where there are, like, very competitive decks. Yeah. But I won't go into those because that, that format sucks. <laughs> It's meant, it's meant to be fun. So why would you... Yeah, I think the the whole sort of philosophy behind Commander really was that... Um, I mean, it says right on the official Commander rules site that the Commander is designed to promote social games of magic. So it's played in a variety of ways depending on player preference. But a common mm-hmm. vision ties together the global community to help everyone enjoy a different kind of magic. So the focus is on more sort of social interaction around the game rather than just 1v1 who's going to be the most competitive, Who's you know who can win the quickest, who can win the most efficiently, that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately I think it goes the other way sometimes. Yeah, it can well, do, definitely. <clears throat> it can get it can get dragged out and people don't want to win and they want to play for as long as possible. Yeah. And that's where I sort, sort of sort of weighing on it. Like, if I'm getting to the second hour of a commander game, I've got I've got better things to do with my life <laughs> than yeah. just sit on a, like, a massive board stall between four people. I agree with, with, with that. Like, I think, like, Fifty minutes per game is the most you want to be you want to be playing Magic for, I think. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't want I don't want the game to be over like on turn three because someone did an infinite combo and won. Yeah. And I don't want the game to be the only game I play that night. Yeah, sure. Like, for, for me, if a commander, we meet at seven o'clock. I don't want to be there till ten o'clock just playing one game, commander. Yeah, sure. Because uh, that's that's not fun. Um, but it, I think it does depend on the people you play with. Yeah. Uh, so if you have like a sort of group of people that you you get on with. Yeah, because Commander is is sort of like it's meant to be like a, like a casual, friendly format, and like you said, like promoting social, being like being social. Um, so sort of playing it off the cuff with random people isn't always good because you don't all have the same idea of what it's supposed to be. Yeah, totally. It's a very it's very much dictated by like what the individual wants. Yeah. So if you want to just do complete nonsense and and never win the game, but do loads of fun things, you can do that. And then if you want to be like hyper competitive and play infinite combos, then. Um, you can do that as well, but it's finding like a group of people because you've got like a group of people and one person always wins on turn four. Yeah, no one's going to have any fun. Not going to. They're not going to want to play with that person anymore. Yeah, of course. So um, you've played commander side events at GPs before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how does how does that feel? Sort of going in sort of completely blind and like a just a, a group of random people you've never played the format with before. Uh, very bad. Because <laughs> uh, part of the part of the draw of commander, like part of the draw of magic generally is that like it's fun and you get to interact with people and like have fun conversations and stuff yeah i mean because with commander so like I, I consider myself to be a competitive player but i really enjoy commander but then the, the sort of the spectrum of commander players is broad shall we say yeah i would agree so you get people from like like i know a lot of like there are pros that play commander and there's people that just like magic but like start playing magic to play commander yeah and you're just a group of like four random people that have been determined at a gp side event the difference in skill level the difference in understanding of the game is going to be a lot different yeah totally and i would say that's true of all tournaments but if i'm trying to play commander then I want it. Like I'm doing it specifically for fun. I'm not doing it like. I mean, that's another problem with the GP side events is that like they're full prizes. Yeah. So why the hell would I do that when like I'm just trying to have fun? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like, if I want to win prizes, I'll go into the main event with like a natural constructed deck. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like I I think Commander is the format that sort of got me into Magic properly. Cool. Uh, because it was just funny. You can sort of do whatever you want, and there are no real wrong answers. Yeah. And when you start getting into like constructed formats or like when you start drafting a set, there are sort of there's not set rules, but there's like a right and wrong way to play, right? Yeah, you have to do 
a lot. I think like your, your card evaluation and card choices have to be a lot stricter. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can just play card and commander, cards and commander that are just bad. Yeah, sure. You put bad cards in your deck and then you cast it once and it does a really funny thing and you enjoy it and that's that's good. Yeah. So I think that's why I enjoy it most because it's just fun. It's it's like sort of like playing a board game. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, uh, I, I get that. Where like you just hang out with friends and play it, and I think the time I most enjoy it is like. Meeting up specifically with some people that you're um, that you're all friends yeah. and you all meet up and have some drinks and some snacks. Sure. Play some commander, um, and no one's on their phone. <laughs> the, like some people, they like take like ten minute turns because they're like checking Facebook. Yeah. Or like something will happen and they'll be like, "When did that happen?" Or, like, when you were on your phone. <laughs> Please pay attention. You wouldn't do that in the middle of like a game of modern, would you? Yeah, totally. Oh, when did you assemble an infinite combo? Oh, when you were looking at Twitter, like. That. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, see, think, I, I think that's kind of why. Again, I know not to harp on about how much I, I dislike the format too much, but I think one of the reasons, you know, the reason why why I don't like it is because I I tend to enjoy I enjoy competitive magic. Like I enjoy playing magic competitively. When I'm playing magic, that's what I want to play. Yeah. Like disregard like whatever format we're playing, it doesn't matter. I'm always kind of looking to play competitive magic. Sure, that makes sense. So uh, yeah, I think I think that's just why it's it's just not for me. Is it my job to convince you? Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you do you do have a commander deck, right? Yeah, I do have a commander deck. Yeah. Uh, what what is it? Uh, it's my commander is uh, it's Locust God is my commander. Okay, sweet. It's pretty like yeah, that gets cool. Like I do I do enjoy it. Um, I don't get to play it that often, but I do enjoy it when I play it. But like, mm-hmm. even then, it's like a you know thirteen hundred dollar deck with like three infinite combos in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I guess that's that's the thing, right? Like, because of the way that you like to play Magic, you, yeah. that's the you would like to play Commander. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas, like, that's that's one of the joys of it is like you can sort of express yourself on like what how you like to play Magic. Yeah. Um, and like what what colors you like to play, what kind of Magic you like to play, like whether you like to just like make loads of creatures, or do city combos or cast loads of spells. Yeah, totally. Not do anything and just cast loads of wraths and stuff. <laughs> um. Or make thousands of locust tokens and kill people. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. That's it. You go infinite with the locust god. You uh, use skull clamp and Ashnod's altar to mm-hmm. draw infinite cards, make infinite mana, make infinite tokens. And then there's multiple different ways I can get the kill in that deck. Either like milling myself like the Borgia Maniac out, mm-hmm. uh, or just something like. Um, Impact tremors, like whenever a creature enters a battlefield under my control, it deals one damage to each opponent. Sure, okay. So yeah, like different things like that. Even like just throwing on the god Pharaoh after I've attacked, like mm-hmm. many different things. And then the rest of my, my deck's just like counter spells and draw sevens. Like, so that's not very fun. <laughs> I think that's my that's kind of fun for me, but you say, yeah, you know, that, that's the thing. It's that's like... the thing. Like each their own. I think as far as far as the format goes. Yeah, and I think that might be part of the problem. Like if you sit down with some random people. I'm like, do you want to play some commander? And you're like, yeah. And then they're like trying to do some like weird creature combo where they just have loads of creatures in play and like attack you. Yeah. And you're like, turn five, make this Ashnod's altar, make this skull clamp, goodbye. <laughs> like, it's, um, so so different. It's difficult to tie that line, I guess. Yeah, totally. Oh, there's a wrong way to play, but you might annoy some people. <laughs> oh, yeah, quite probably. It's so, a pretty good way to grind side events with DPs, actually. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Taking the best of deck against loads of like people with like pre-con decks. Yeah. So, speaking of pre-con decks, mm. how would you recommend getting into the format? Uh, buying one of them. Yeah. They're really good, because um, they come out every year now. Yeah, every year Wizards of the Coast releases a set of, of pre-constructed commander decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to vary 
each year on, on what the sort of theme is for those decks. We've had like three coloured, we've had planeswalker focused, we've had tribal focused, mm-hmm. various different things. Yeah. And would like would you say that they are like playable straight out of the box? Like could you just walk into a store, buy one and then you could take that to an F and M and play it? Absolutely. Like cool. I've um so specifically like my uh one of my friends Finn is trying to get into magic. Yeah. And we've recommended that he starts playing Commander. Yeah. Uh, whether that's a good idea or not is <laughs> it's it can be quite confusing. But um, like he bought the dragon deck from oh, what set was that from? Uh, was, was, was that last year? Yeah, last year I think. Yeah. <clears throat> so the dragon deck and it's just it's just incredibly powerful. Yeah. So like those decks cost about thirty pounds, thirty five pounds. Mm-hmm. So they're obviously not going to have the most uh, most expensive cards in it. Yeah. Uh, and the land bases are a bit dodgy. Like that one just has loads of tri lands in. Yeah. Which is fine. Like if you're just trying to like play a sort of casual game but it just like the deck just like swings for 40 in the air and like turn six sweet so you just have loads and loads of ramp and then you just make loads of dragons and then your opponent dies like <laughs> um so like they're really really good like they've definitely increased in um in playability like what they've been doing they're definitely getting better at making them yeah and they're all relatively balanced like i've, I've had games where we've all bought one um like four of us have bought one of the pre-con decks just played them straight out of the box and like none of them felt particularly underpowered yeah um so they're all they're all relatively good out of the box, and then obviously you can just sort of upgrade them. Yeah. Um, and there's like there's so much commander content on the internet. Like oh, I think yeah, totally. everyone knows that at this point. Um, but there's like specifically uh, edhrec.com. Yeah. Which you type in a commander, and then it just it uh, compiles like commander lists that people have put on like tapped out and stuff. Cool. Compiles all those, and then recommends like the most played cards with that commander. Yeah. So if you type in like the Ur Dragon. Um, you'd just get like a recognition of, like the most played cards that people have put in that deck sure um so you can like you know buy singles and stuff and just put them in and like you can just upgrade it over time so you've got like a deck which works yeah and then you can just keep adding to it you don't have to like say with like standard or modern you don't have to like drop a certain amount of money on a deck yeah and then like keep track of the meta and make sure it's stuck because you can you can make a deck not play it for two years and then go to an fnm and ask us someone to play commander and it'll be fine yeah totally it's just it's a way of like always being able to play magic yeah i I think that is one thing that i I do like about the format like i I do really like the idea of you you can just have have a deck you can have a commander deck and that is Mm -hmm. your commander deck yeah definitely it can you know you can evolve that over time at a pace that you want to you can like yeah like try new things with it and it's a it's one of those formats where you can play cards from any magic set that has existed like ever so yeah. the has, like, apart from like obviously the the band list like it's really flexible about what cards and what strategies you can put into a deck. Yeah. So I, I do like that that you can you can you can have pretty much your own deck and make it very personal and use it as a sort of form of self expression really. Yeah, you don't like it doesn't have to be like good. Yeah. Like you can literally play whatever you want. Like you can build what you think is fun, what you think reflects you as a person. It's so, like if you identify with a certain color or a certain like guild or whatever, you can just build a deck like that and like put loads of like if you really like tree folk you can just build a tree folk deck yeah sure and it'll still probably hold its own at a table of people and you'll really enjoy it because you like tree folk for example yeah and that's that's one of the, the joys of it as well I suppose like and it's for me it's just like taking a break from competitive magic yeah totally because I like to I like to do a lot of drafting I like to do like a lot of testing yeah and just like jamming loads and loads of games of like constructed formats yeah. Um, and every now and again it's just like okay should we just play commander and I'll make this crate hoof behemoth and it'll be really fun <laughs> um, and it's just sort of a break so it's because obviously magic is my f- like favourite if not only hobby <laughs> um, so it's nice to have different ways to play it rather than just having to like jam these competitive games where you have to constantly like focus in on what you're doing yeah 
uh, sometimes you just cast a Genesis Wave for 30 and see what happens. Sweet. And that's fun. Yeah, totally. So that's like it's just it's why I like it so much and like there's so much content out there that you can that you can consume and, and build Commander decks. But I just wanted to sort of talk about how great it is. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that, and I, I do like the, the things that I think are appealing about the format. Like I do find very appealing. So that, for example, that like you you get to very much sort of create a deck that is entirely yours, and you can focus on doing what you like doing in Magic the most. So if we go back Absolutely. to my Locust God deck, for example. Like mm-hmm. I think like drawing cards is the best thing you can do in Magic. Sure. So like pretty much every card in my deck draws cards. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's really fun. Yeah, like, totally. That's entirely like that's that's fun for you. Whereas like someone else might play your deck, like they borrow it off you or something. Yeah. Like, oh, this is rubbish. I just want to make some creatures, or like I just want to cast like some fireballs. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's the joy of it. Like your your deck. Okay, maybe not your deck because you made it very good. <laughs> um, but um, like someone's deck stands up against someone else's deck, and they're completely different. They're like the opposite colors. Their game plan is completely different. Yeah. But they all interact well. Yeah. And obviously, the difference is like if you just get a precon and you get someone that's made like a infinite combo Thrasios deck, like sure. Yeah. <clears throat> but just generally sitting at like a local game store and just playing some commander everyone's going to have some sort of fun yeah sure. um and you don't necessarily have fun playing competitive magic all the time yeah especially if you're me because <laughs> you don't win all the time um see, yeah see i don't know I, I i feel like i do have fun when i'm playing competitive magic like even if i'm yeah, yeah no, like obviously yeah. there's a reason we play competitive magic right like we're yeah. not doing it because we <laughs> love spending loads of money for no reward yeah, sure. <laughs> um yeah like i, I definitely enjoy like competitive magic in terms of like figuring out specific lines and like knowing your deck inside out and yeah working stuff out and like metagaming and stuff like that obviously i find that really fun that's why i do it but if i just want to like chill on a friday night and like open some crisps <laughs> <laughs> and like just play some magic that's the kind of one i do like what i want to do and like have conversations with people and be like oh that was really cool yeah i like assemble like combos that take seven cards yeah that you like drew and um, just like sort of because you don't really get to explore magic that much just playing constructive formats yeah that's true yeah you get to explore like, the, the upper like 10% of the cards that are deemed good yeah whereas you can play some bad cards in EDH and they can still be fun yeah totally um, which is what I enjoy and like deck building's really fun yeah I like build decks and then play them like once and then go oh that was fun <laughs> just because I really enjoyed like putting cards together and making decks yeah I mean I only have four at the minute yeah um, just like just building a deck or like thinking of an idea for a deck is really really fun. I think my problem as far as like constructing commander decks or brewing commander decks goes is like whenever I have an idea for anything, it always contains like at least one card that's banned in the format. <laughs> <laughs> just got to get that ancestral recall in your deck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, like, cards that are banned are pretty reasonable, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're they're definitely banned for a reason. But yeah, even seeing stuff like uh, like when Tatiova was spoiled in uh, in Dominaria, I was like that. <laughs> Sweet, that's a really cool card. Yeah. Why isn't Fast Bond legal in Commander? Um, because <laughs> uh, that card's inherently busted. Yeah. Because that's well, not an infinite combo, but that's just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, Joe. But that would have been like that interaction would have been great. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I also, I don't know. I find it kind of strange that like Time Twister's legal in the format as well. Like all of the other power cards are banned, but Time Twister's legal. Uh, I think because when this, I mean, I don't know when this banish was first started, like officially. Yeah. But the Power 9 were all on it just for budget considerations. Yeah. Um, I mean, Black Lotus is pretty rubbish in Commander. I don't know. I feel like in any format, like Turn 1 Lotus is really good. Sure, but it's still not as good as Turn 1 Sol Ring. Then you go Turn 1 Lotus into Sol Ring and have, like, 4 mana available then to do whatever you want. Like. Yeah, sure, but, like, you get to think about on Turn 4 if you, like, cast a Kadama's Reach or a, or a, a Cultivate. Yeah. Like, it's not... <clears throat> about the sort of blistering and fast starts like most games commander like don't start until turn 6 because you're yeah. just sort of casting ramp spells and mana rocks and stuff 
Um, but I mean, there's like those cards aren't even that good. Like, there's cards that are more powerful than. I don't know. Like, I feel like, like Ancestral Recall is still great, and like Time Walk is still pretty good, right? Yeah, Time Walk's fine. Like these, these cards are all fine. Like so, like the Moxen. Yeah. Like Soaring is just better. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're like if you're in a vintage cube and you open Mox Ruby and Soaring, which one are you taking? Soaring. Any day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's like possibly the most powerful card in. Well, okay, it's not. Oh, what's that? What's that black card? With anti written on it. Contract from below. That's the that's one. The one. I, keep, I keep wanting to call it Bridge from Beyond, but no, it's not. Yeah, contract from <laughs> that's below. That's not what that card is called. Yeah. Um. So like, that's the most powerful card in Magic, right? Like objectively. Arguably, yeah. Um. But like, Soaring is the most busted card you can currently play with. In yeah, in Commander definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you can still do loads of broken stuff, and there's there's some stuff that's on that's on the list because it's just busted. Yeah. And there's some stuff that's on it because like, who has money for Library of Alexandria? Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like because generally the, the the point of Commander is like you can have fifty pounds. Yeah, totally. And buy a deck that will be really fun and you'll play it and have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. You can just, just buy one of the pre-cons and, and that can be good enough. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. And there's stuff like Sylvan Primordial, which just in that form, like it's a 7 mana 6 8 with Reach. Yeah. And then the ability is just nuts. <laughs> so like that's nowhere near the level of Black Lotus or Fast Bond. Yeah, absolutely. But when you actually play it in Commander, it's busted. Yeah. Or like Profit Prefix. Yeah. Or Primeval Titan. Like all of these cards are just like absurdly powerful. Like yeah, coalition victory. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like exactly. That's that's a um, like an eight mana sorcery that requires you to fill that jump through a lot of hoops. Yeah. But at the same time, like on turn ten, it's a sorcery that just has win the game, and that requires no work really. Yeah. Um. So that it's just trying to promote fun. It's like stuff like paint and serve. Paint and servant isn't legal. Yeah, totally. Yeah. For, um, for good reason. Yeah, it's just like trying to promote fun. Yeah. Like you know, you can't have upheaval or wildfire because it just. I still don't understand why Armageddon's legal. If I'm honest with you. Yeah. Because Armageddon's like that stops games. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, there's like a lot of um. It's just it's just meant to be fun. <laughs> that's, that's sort of <laughs> like the point of the format sure, is like sure. it's 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 really fun and you can play it however you want. Yeah. And I think everyone should play it. So if you play board games and you play Magic, surely Commander's like a reasonable thing to be playing, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Like, like again, like it comes down to you know, what, how, how do you enjoy board games? What sort of board games do you enjoy as well? Like, uh-huh. like again, I find like I, I absolutely love playing board games, but. Mm-hmm. Again, majority of the time when I'm playing, like I am playing competitively. Like, really? Yeah, I am. Like, my idea of fun would be like, let's let's sit down and have like a six-hour game of Twilight Imperium. Like, I'm gonna win, but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna play. So, what happens if you like sit down with like your family, like let's play a board game? Are you gonna crush them? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll attempt to. I won't hold back. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, it, it depends entirely on the game and entirely on the setting. To be honest, like, yeah, if like you know, okay. if we're sitting down to play, like. You know, scythe or even even something like maybe even something like splendor. To be honest, like mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna be a bit more competitive. But if we're just gonna play like camel up, then yeah, yeah. sure, let's have some fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I think that's so there are board games where you're gonna be competitive and you're gonna try and win, and there are board games where you sort of treat it for what it is, and then it's just a fun time. Yeah, it's like sort of blow some steam. And I think that's what commander is to magic. Yeah, sure. It's like it's sort of there are rules in place so that everyone has as much fun as possible. Yeah, um, and I think that's. An important. This is an important aspect of magic. Yeah. Because kitchen table magic is kind of rubbish. Like yeah, possibly, yeah. Building decks out of like. So if you got like a boost box and build a deck, that's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, whereas commander, you can just like for the same amount of money, just build an actual deck that'll be fun. Yeah, totally. <sighs> I've managed to not complain much during that, <laughs> which is quite impressive for me. Yeah, totally. Like that's the thing. Like it is. It is. It's obviously a very popular format. Mm-hmm. It is an absolute load of fun. I can imagine if you're playing with with the right play group, um, but like yeah, like anything, like I, I could sit here and talk about like vintage for half an hour and how like how great vintage is and 
how that's the best format. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm totally going to alienate a load of people who don't think it's, it's a good format at all. This is the thing, like, which it's... is one of the things that I love about Magic, the game as a whole. Like, there are no wrong ways to play Magic. You can play however you want with whatever cards you want. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, but I think like it's, it's the accessibility, really. Yeah, totally. Like, you can literally buy a deck that's good enough for the format for like thirty pounds. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's vintage, you can't can't really do that. <laughs> no, not not at all. And <laughs> yeah, even even that, like, you could say those pre-constructed decks, like they are of a decent enough quality where like mm-hmm. you could buy one, take a draft and M, and you'd be sat next to somebody who essentially has like a single and legacy deck. But yeah, you could win that game like easily. Like, absolutely. And that's why it's so good. Like, it's not it's not necessarily a pay to win format. Yeah, totally. I guess that's the Sweet. yeah one of the the bigger appeals of it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, if anybody has any questions about Commander or wants to just slate me for being wrong, like totally get at us on on social media. It's at <laughs> hfdcast on Twitter, uh, at hfdcast on Facebook as well, or just pop us an email at hfdcast at gmail dot com. That was a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't want people to contact you about Commander. No. <laughs> we'll delete those emails without looking at them, I guarantee. <laughs> um, so do we have a, a what the deck this week, then? Oh, I guess I can go into my deck if you want. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's fitting if we do a, a <clears throat> what the deck Commander edition. <clears throat> sure. Okay. So this is sort of proving that you can play exactly what you want. Yeah. And do whatever sort of nonsense. So my one of my decks that I'm enjoying playing at the moment is my uh, Traxos Scourge of Krug deck. Cool. So, and what is Traxos for those that don't know? Traxos, he's a new card from uh, from Dominaria. Yeah. And it is a four mana seven seven with trample. Seems pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Airs battlefield tap and doesn't untap during your upkeep. Yeah. When you untap even. Um, and whenever you cast a historic spell, so artifacts, sagas, and legendaries, yeah, you untap it. So so obviously because this is a this is an artifact creature, it's four four colorless mana. Yeah. Or for generic mana, um, your deck can't contain any colors. Yeah. Um, so, but it can contain a load of artifacts. Yeah. So this works like a Voltron deck. Okay. Where the main game plan is to put as many swords, etc., on Traxxas, uh, untap him because of the trigger. Yeah. And swing in for twenty-one or more damage to kill to kill a player in one go, basically. Nice. Yeah. And then you get to play loads of like most of the artifact cards are busted. Cool. They get like soaring, you get, like mana vault. Yeah. Um, voltaic key. Yeah. Why is, why, is the, why is Voltaic Key legal in Commander? Why is Voltaic Key legal in Commander? Because yeah. it's fine. It's, it's, yeah. It doesn't. It's fine. It just untaps like a Sol Ring or like a Thran Dynamo. Yeah. And it's like exactly fine. Okay, okay, hang on. What's, what's your beef with Voltaic Key? It's. I've got no beef with it. It's just a fantastic, absolutely broken card. Like, it. I mean, it was it was banned in Urza's Block Constructed back when Block Constructed was the thing. Yeah, yeah, but like, you're not, you're not doing that to crush people now. Yeah, I mean, you haven't got the uh, got the the time vault, so you can't do that combo. But I'm sure time, yeah, exactly, time vault is literally banned. I'm sure there are plenty of other broken things you can do with uh, with voltaic key. Well, like the main thing is just like making loads of mana. Yeah. Um, it also untaps tracks us. Yeah. Which is a combo. Yeah. Um, but basically, the deck is just loads of artifact mana, um, and loads of equipment. Yeah. Essentially, and it's it's just uh, a lot of nonsense. Um, do you want to run down your your deck list quickly? Obviously. 
you don't have to explain every single card in there. But jeez, I can't. I mean, I can, I'm just going to pick out some good ones. Sure. To pick out some good ones. So like, some of them are going to be obvious. So I've got Thran Dynamo. Yeah. Uh, on Warhammer, which gives it uh, plus three plus zero trample and lifelink. Yeah. Good card. Uh, Hedron Archive because it's ramp. Yeah. I've got all the Tron lands in there because they make seven mana. Totally. Uh, Blink Moth Urn because it adds mana equals the number of artifacts you control. Yeah, seems good. Which in this deck is quite a few. <laughs> uh, like Oblivion Stone because you need like a wrath effect. Yeah. Um, I got rid of my all this, all this dust because it spikes in price, so I got rid of it. <laughs> all this dust should be in this deck because that's a wrath. Cool. Um, and then loads of stuff like uh, Cordolfa For- Forge Master. Yeah. Which is a creature that you sacrifice through artifacts and search for an artifact on the battlefield. Yeah. Which is really sweet. At, like sort of feasting for famine. So what you... take serve. Yeah. So what what big artifact are you getting with that? Uh, just anything really. Like there's not like a. I've not like got a Blightstone Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm just like murder people with. It's just like just fun stuff like. A staff of Nin that's just for value, or like if I'm playing it, it's a black ring player, I'll get a sort of feast of fun in. Like if I'm playing it, it's a blue red player, I'll get a um, yeah. sort of fire and ice. Maybe I just don't understand fun. You don't understand fun? Maybe, yeah. Like what, what's what's more fun than just like slamming in with a 7 7 equipped with a sort of fire and ice? Slamming in with a bite steel classes. No, no, that's not fun. <laughs> see? <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> I, I see your point. Um, I mean, just like, like sort of normal cards, so you've got um, like Solomon Simulacrum. Yeah. Around Swiftfoot Boots because it gives a haste. Yeah, that's a good card. Um, Helm of the Host. Cool. From Dominaria also. That card is that card's really good. Yeah. Um, but just like sort of the general things you should be doing in Commando, which is like ramping out to cast big spells before you should. Yeah. Um, cheating the mana costs like uh, the Semblance Anvil, which is a mana artifact with imprint, and you imprint a card under it, and cards with that uh, the same type cost two mana less. Yeah. So if you impl- imprint like an artifact creature like Solemn Simulacrum, uh, your artifacts cost two mana less, and your creatures cost two mana less. Seems pretty good. Your artifact creatures also only cost two mana less because that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you just get cheap mana cost and just smash in with a massive dinosaur thing. Cool. Um, that's really good fun, but it's not completely oppressive like uh, an infinite mana locust card deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're gonna have to do at GP Liverpool when we definitely scrub out the main event. Yeah, we're just I'm just gonna have to force you to jam loads of commander games until you love it. Yeah, yeah, we'll do, we'll do it definitely. I like I'm down for that. Until we're no longer friends, yeah. whichever first. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I still need to get a time twister to stick that in the deck to make it just that more efficient. But you got a wheel of fortune in there, right? Yeah, wheel of fortunes in there, like wind to change in in there. It's good enough. Days undoing, like there's plenty of draw sevens. Yeah. That seems good enough. You don't need a time twister. Yeah, maybe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Command, command's the best format, and I don't care what you say. Cool. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. I guess I guess that does it for for our, our main topic this week, uh, Commander. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So we we did have a have a request to do an episode specifically on Commander. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we haven't disappointed too much. Oh, we probably would have disappointed someone. Absolutely. But if anybody has any questions about the format at all, totally get at us. We're always open to any lines of communication <laughs> <laughs> and Joe will just get angry about it nah I won't get angry I just I just don't understand Commander is, is my problem like I it's just, it's I'm just... glad it's a thing like I'm really glad it's a thing and yeah, it seems yeah. to be a format that nowadays new players really get into the game through playing it which is Absolutely. it's always good like the more new players we can get into the game the better for the game's longevity yeah so I do although I might not enjoy the format I absolutely do appreciate it okay well that's I guess that's all we can ask for really yeah so do you have an in-step story for us this week then Sam I do hey so I suppose it's a little bit behind the scenes uh, thing we we normally record this on a Sunday yes and <laughs> and then I had not not an emergency but uh, something that meant I had to stop recording immediately and, yeah. and, and leave 
So, yeah, so without giving any any changings in sort of sound quality or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the audio levels or whatever. Yeah, I think we're now like both a little bit sick, right? So yeah. if oh, our yeah. I'm, I'm so sick now. Yeah. If you suddenly think halfway through the podcast, we both sound a lot worse. <laughs> then <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> um, that's why. Um, but that means that it is currently Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, finishing recording, which means yesterday I was at the um, Action Now Mega Modern event in Milton Keynes. Awesome. And how did that go? Terribly. Oh, no. <laughs> I did. Uh, I went two two. Yeah. Then dropped and played in the free rebound event. Yeah. Went two two and dropped. <laughs> oh no. Uh, just uh, it was bad. Um, but I was speaking to someone afterwards. Yeah. Who had an interesting play, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay. Cool. So I'm not going to mention any names just in case. But uh, someone is playing uh, blue red pyromancer. Yeah. Uh, and they have Thing in the Ice in play. Yeah. And so they have an Awoken Horror, which is the flip version. Yeah. And they have a Thing in the Ice with one counter on it. Yeah. Um, and the other player uh, plays a an Eldrazi Obligator. Yeah. Which is the red one, and then you can pay two mana to uh, threaten a creature, basically, like gain control of it. Yeah. Totally. So they have a Cavern of Souls because they're playing the Red Green Eldrazi deck. Yeah. Eldrazi. So the spell is uncounterable. Yeah. So they go pay five mana using the Cavern of Souls for red, um, target your Awoken Horror, yeah. which would then allow them to swing for lethal. Sure. But the person who controls the thing in the ice has a remand in hand. Yeah. Um, so obviously the Eldrazi Obligator is uncounterable. Yeah. But you can still target it with a counterspell. It just won't work. It won't, yeah, correct, yeah. So when uh, thing in the ice flips into Awoken Horror, it returns all non-horror creatures to their own hands. Yeah. Which would then have wiped the board and allowed uh, that player to swing in for lethal on the next turn. Yeah. So you can remand it; it just won't have any effect. Yeah. Uh, other than removing the counter from the thing he has. Uh, so the player plays it. So this is uncounterable. Yeah. Um, okay. And the, the other player starts like he's just thinking about it. It's, it's uncounterable. You also can't counter this ability. This spell is uncounterable, and sort of hammers home the, the fact that the, the spell is uncounterable. Yeah. Which isn't. Which is true. Yeah. But that w- was sort of. So. Like, they knew the other person had a remand in hand. Yeah. They, they were dead to that player casting the remand, regardless of the fact that it was uncounterable. Yeah. So they were sort of trying to sway them into not casting the counterspell in hand. Yeah. And hoping they didn't know how it worked. Right. Yeah. Was, is, like, is that definitely the case? Like, do we know that that person, that person knows that you can still cast target with a counterspell, it just won't do anything? Or do they think <clears> it's uncounterable, <throat> that means I can't target it with a counterspell? That's the thing. So that, that's what, I, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But it's the fact that that one person hammered home the point, so they definitely wouldn't try it. Yeah. Because if they tried to remand it, like that player can't lie and say, "Oh no, it's uncountable. You can't cast that." Yeah. But like, yeah, that resolves, and then that trigger would happen, and then that person would lose the game. Yeah. So this was his person's only out. So if they didn't, if they didn't resolve the Eldrazi Obligator and steal the Awoken Horror, they were dead. Yeah. And this allowed them to win the game in one turn. Yeah. So is the fact that they kept saying this is uncountable, you can't counter this, a problem? It depends on the intention of the player and would require head head judge investigation. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Like I think it all it all depends entirely on the yeah really like the intention of the of the player who was casting the Eldrazi and just like their basic understanding of the game. Like did did they were they trying to bait their opponent and they're not playing the counter spell or yes. do they not understand how counter spells and uncounterable in that situation works? So the person with the Adrazi Obligator was fully aware of how that worked. Yeah. Was fully aware that they were dead on board if their opponent chose to cast a remand they knew was in their hand. Yeah. So was trying to make them not cast a remand. Yeah. In that in that case it's just angle shooting, it's bad game. it's bad practice really. So you think it's bad? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. it's it's angle shooting, isn't it? Is it? I because it's not. So. You're not lying to your opponent. That's true. You're not lying to your opponent, but and you're, you're not. You're, so some, 
misrepresenting the board state. You're not misrepresenting the board state, but you are. You, you're almost like you're almost attempting to misrepresent the rules of the game. They were just stating a fact. Yeah, but I, I think I think again that comes down to intention. Like, were they just stating a fact, or were they trying to? No, they like trying their, to their make, intention is. Way, were they trying to put their opponent on tilt so they would be unsure about whether or not they could count? They could cast the counter spell or not. Sure, but that comes down to like someone's knowledge of the of the rules of the game, right? Yeah, totally. So if someone has uh, a Chalice of the Void on with one counter, yeah. and the only way you can win the game is if you resolve a one-mana spell, yeah. uh, and you cast it, and the person who controls the Chalice of the Void goes, sure, yeah. and that resolves, is that angle shooting, or is that just trying to, like, you're, you're out being your being that your opponent doesn't understand the rules correctly? Yeah, again, I think a lot of it comes down to, <laughs> comes down to intention and case-by-case. <laughs> case yeah, sure, I just thing. wanted to, like... Go your your, your opinion on it because I I think it's like it's a bit shady yeah but I think it's largely fine yeah. like I've definitely won games of, of like won games of magic by casting a one mana spell with a chalice of the void on one counter in play and hoping that my opponent just forgets or yeah because it's their trigger to, like I won't go into exactly how that works but it's your opponent's trigger to remember if they control the chalice of the void yeah yeah totally and you can, like it's legal to cast a spell yeah it'll just be counted yeah uh, so if you go cast this so like noble hierarch and they go sure then it resolves yeah um. And I think it's very, very similar to that situation. Yeah, quite possibly. Because, like, I'm going to cast this one on a spell. And, like, you know that you have a chalice on one. Yeah. And, like, they're, like this person's opponent know that they have a remand in hand. Yeah, that's it. I, I think I think I try not to do stuff like that. Like, yeah, I don't think I... am playing, like, even, like, if that situation, for example, if my opponent has a, cha- has a chalice, like, I... Yeah, like, I probably wouldn't even be trying to, like, trying to get away with that. Sure, okay. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, think guess, yeah, I, I think, like, I, I, I like to play Magic, like, as if we're playing, like, on, like, Magic Online. Like, all the triggers are there for everybody. Everybody knows what's going yeah. on. Like, you, you can't miss a trigger, that kind of thing. Yeah, because so, I, like, I, I, I know, like, in a lot of cases, you're not obligated to remind your opponent of triggers, but I feel like it's just it's just gameplay. It's just, just good sportsmanship to, to remind them, like... Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, like, I, I think in that situation specifically, I wouldn't say... Uh, this is uncounterable because I cast it with Cavern Souls, but you can target it with a counter spell, so you'll win the game. Oh yeah, like, no, of course not. I, I'd just say uh, this is uncounterable because yeah. that is that is literally true. Yeah. Um, because like, there was another game that I saw where like an elves player casted an elf through a Cavern Souls aiming elf. Yeah. And they tried to counter it. It was like cool. The counter spell, counter spell has been played. It's now in your graveyard, but it has no effect. Yeah. Um. So like it's just it's it's making the boss like I don't know. I probably wouldn't like I wouldn't keep pushing it. I don't think, but I definitely say this is uncounterable. And then hope that my par- my opponent packs up their cards. Yeah, sure. But I wouldn't I wouldn't keep keep going on it. Yeah, I think. Okay, that's that's interesting. I don't think it's. I mean, it's, it's, I, as far as I'm aware, it's literally not illegal to do that. Like, yeah. That is, oh no, it's it's not illegal to do it. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, like it's it's perfectly within the rules and within the tournament rules to do that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it just feels kind of shady to me, and that's it's not really the yeah. kind of magic I want to play. Uh, after, after like when I was speaking to. Uh, this person after that that game they did say they felt a bit scummy about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah you probably should but like you didn't do anything wrong so yeah. we also spoke to a judge about it and they're like yeah that's fine yeah. so yeah. I just wanted to I just wanted to sort of bring that up as like what the sort of line is for yeah, sure. whether it's like unsportsmanlike or whether it's actual like angle shooting and yeah. trying to mislead your opponent yeah I, I think like any situation really it's, it's going to come down to what the intention is at the end of the day and you know you can't Without being the person who's doing that, you can't really say for sure, can you? Like, no, and I mean, like the way I play Magic is a lot of my outs a lot of the time come down to man. I hope my opponent makes a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main way I play Magic. Sure, sure. But, okay, well, if they forget that I have a blocker here, then uh, <laughs> they don't block for some reason. But definitely <laughs> dead. Slowly slide your your 
FTV dryad over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got one for that. GP, you've got to have it by you've got to have it by your creatures, not your lands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that literally, like I literally got a game's violation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, because I forgot. Like, I wasn't doing it to angle shoot or to cheat or anything. Yeah, no, that that whole that whole you know Arbor Gate like yeah, from a GP a while ago shouldn't have happened in the first place anyway because it's against the rules to play. And even then, it was against the rules to play dryad over where it was. Yeah, yeah. We just like, they'd like they just have to clarify. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do an episode on like you know, angle shooting. Uh, yeah, angle shooting and unusual rules interactions and and yeah things or, you, things you can attempt to get away with that are sort of within the rules of the game. Yeah, like amazingly bad ways I've won games of magic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like I, I'm into that. I would, I would definitely do that. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like a like an episode for another time though. Uh, Sweet. But for now, we are once again approaching the second hour. Uh, the God Pharaoh has returned. Uh, so we'll see you once again next week on Hour of Devastation. Bye.